Hello, everybody. My name is Bill Keever, and I want to welcome you to our podcast, Practical Wisdom from the Word of God. I believe the Bible is a book that God gave to us that's full of insights, wisdom, promises, and many other things that help us live daily life. So join me for the next few minutes as we look into the Word of God to find that practical wisdom we need today. Well, praise God. Thank you again for joining us here on Practical Wisdom from the Word of God. My name is Bill Kiefer, and we're going to share some things with you today that are going to help you in your living life for Jesus in the world. It's wonderful to know that we have a home in heaven, and it's wonderful to have a lot of good understanding of doctrine and all those kind of things. But if it doesn't help us, uh, one brother said, it's it's wonderful that God will take us to the sweet by and by, but what do we have that's going to help us in the rotten here and now? And I believe that's what the Bible brings into our lives if we give it place and give it attention. And so we've been talking about something that I believe is a theme for me for this year. 2020 was just a year of really devastation in so many ways. And as we began this year, I felt like God said to me, it's time to rise up as more than a conqueror through him who loved you. A lot of 2020 involved being afraid, being unsure, not knowing what's going to happen. But God said that in the midst of all those things, Paul said that I am more than a conqueror in the middle of trials, not after he got through them, but in the middle of them. I believe God's going to bring us through, but I believe while we're in the middle of it, we can be more than conquerors. Jesus said it this way. He said, uh, you can be of good cheer and you can have peace because I have overcome the world. He Before that, he said, in the world, you're going to have tribulations. Friend, if you live in the world, there's going to be problems. But Jesus said, don't worry about it. Be of good cheer. Have peace because I have overcome the world. First John 5 says anybody that's been born of God has also overcome the world. How do we do that? Right now, we're talking about another thing that's that's related that's really saying it the same uh, uh the same thing a different way and it's from hebrews chapter 12 verse 28 it says this therefore since we are receiving receiving it's very important that we understand receiving not have received a kingdom which cannot be shaken let us have grace by which we serve god acceptably with reverence and godly fear now there is an unshakable kingdom that came to pass because of the death burial and resurrection of jesus christ his redemption gave uh, created a relationship with man that is absolutely unsinkable and i'm i'm talking about a relationship between man and god it's it's absolutely unshakable it cannot be changed the covenant is between jesus the son and god the father and we get in on the uh, on the jesus side through salvation but our relationship cannot be shaken in the old covenant if the leaders did something wrong it could affect the whole nation listen if you do something wrong it'll affect you but it will not change the relationship between god and man and and if you have have honestly received Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life. It's not going to change your relationship with God. It may change it on your side, and there may be things opened up that you don't want in your life, but it will never change your ability to come to Jesus, uh, his, his ability to love you and accept you and receive you. So there's an unshakable kingdom behind all of what Christianity is. But again, it's not just about the sweet by and by. What about the rotten here and now? That's where I believe Paul is giving us, uh, and again, I believe Paul wrote Hebrews. If you don't, that's fine. It's not a problem. Uh, I believe he's giving us some insight here where he says, we are receiving 
What's he mean by receiving? Salvation is done. Uh, There's a lot of talk about grace today, that it's all done. And that's true. Grace did it all. But what about my life now? What about what I'm going through? If we try and say we're not going through anything, we have no problems, we're going against what Jesus said. He said we're going to have problems. But there is an unshakable kingdom that we can walk in. Not just go to heaven in, but walk in right here on earth. How do we release that into our life? And we've been talking really about stability. We are in an unstable world, but we don't have to be unstable in that world. We can have stability in our lives, in our relationship with Jesus, and even in our outward living. Folks, you don't have to be afraid of COVID. You don't have to be afraid of finances. You don't have to be afraid of the political realm. Uh, There's a lot out there to be afraid of, but we don't have to walk in that fear because Jesus overcame the world. Paul said we're more than conquerors and there is an unshakable kingdom that we can release into our lives. Now, in talking about this, we are looking at verse 28 and he gives us a list here of things that I believe if we have those things working, that's how we're going to see this unshakable kingdom manifested in our daily living. And so in uh, in the first thing that we talked about is grace. You know, grace, again, it's a big topic today. There's a lot of disagreement on what grace means. Some feel that grace means, well, we don't have to worry about behavior. We don't have to do anything. Grace did it all. We just go through life and be happy. Uh, you know, it's like that old reggae song, don't worry, be happy. It's all going to be all right. Well, In one sense, that's true, but in another sense, it's not true because there are things that happen to us, things that come upon us in life. I think about some of the people I've dealt with as a pastor over the years. One wonderful couple, uh, I got a phone call from them and they told me their child had leukemia. Listen, that was not going to be solved by just don't worry, be happy, everything's going to be all right, Grace did it all. There were things we had to do. There were things they had to face. There were decisions they had to make. Thank God that child who was diagnosed when he was, I don't know, eight or nine years old is is in his 20s today, maybe approaching 30, it gets away from me. He's got some little kids and a wife and doing great, hallelujah, because God intervened. But that didn't mean that they weren't shaky at that point in time. How can we build a life that does not get, listen, we're always going to get shaky. We're always going to be uh, uh, unstable. We're always going to get afraid at times. But how can we live a life, build a life? that won't be constantly shaken and unstable. And listen, we need that because the world needs stability. The world needs a place that they can look to for stability. And I'm not talking about governments. I'm talking about the world around you, the people where you live. All right, so in this scripture, the first thing was grace. What is grace? It's God doing what we cannot do. It is God's unmerited favor. It's the power of God working in us to do the things we could never do, starting with salvation. But he said we are saved by grace through faith. So whatever we receive by grace, we receive by faith. Now, faith without works is dead. And so what we talked about last time was the fact that if we want to release the power of grace, we do it by faith. And faith without works or some kind of actions that correspond to what we believe is dead. It's ineffective. It doesn't do anything out here. It may do stuff inside. It may uh, may solidify and certainly has solidified our relationship with God. But what's, what? how is it affecting things out here? By faith. Actions that correspond to what we believe. Well, we believe grace has put us in an unshakable kingdom. So what is grace 
going to then do? How do we act in accordance with the grace that God gave us? Paul says, by which, by that grace, we serve God acceptably. We must serve God acceptably. Acceptable here is an interesting word, and it, it, it has some meanings. Number one, it means adequate. We want something that's adequate for our life. If you think about anything in the natural, uh, you know, a car, for instance. I had a a friend who was very good in finances, and he always talked about needs, wants, and desires. And we always want to go right to the desires, but you need to start with what you need, then go to what you want, and then go to the desires. And so, but say a car. Well, you you may desire a Lamborghini or something ridiculous, but what do you need? We want something that's acceptable. What would be acceptable? It's got to get us where we want to go. It's got to start. It's got to be hopefully decent. Now, you know what? If it runs great, in most parts of the world, that's enough. For us, it's probably not. But let's start with acceptable. What's acceptable is is something that meets the needs. It's adequate. What's approved uh, we want to approve of something. So then you can move up to the desires and say, well, you know, I'd like some navigation in, in this or some safety features or, or whatever, a particular brand. And you move up to that. So uh, to be acceptable can mean what's adequate. It also means what's approved of in our life. If we look around at us, do we approve of our life the way it is? Is it Does it have the things we want and need? And thirdly, it's something that's welcome. If, it, if it's adequate, I mean, excuse me. If it's uh, if it's acceptable, it's welcome. You you accept people into your home. You welcome them. You accept circumstances into your life. You welcome them. Hopefully, if you had children, you welcome them into your home. Hallelujah! And so, when we go into other countries, we do a lot of international travel. We are welcomed. We really like it when people say, "You are welcome." In in uh, Swahili, we do a lot in Africa right now, and in Swahili, it's karibu. And so, we love to hear when they say to us, Karibu, because that means we're welcome. We're acceptable to them. We're, we're doing it the right way. We're, we're, we're something that, that is beneficial in their life. And so we look at things as acceptable. What's acceptable to you? You know, there are different levels of acceptable, but what is acceptable to you? I believe that too much we focus on what's acceptable to us and what's acceptable in our physical life. God cares about those things. God will help you with those things. But that can in itself produce instability because when those things don't work out the way you want them to work out, then you're going to get unstable. You're going to wonder why are things not happening the way I want them to happen. There are some other keys about this idea of serving God acceptably that we need to get into our lives. And uh, and that's basically the first one. We're serving God. It's not about what's acceptable to me. We need to trust that God, our Father, knows what we need, loves us enough to take care of us, and so we need to focus on what is acceptable to you, God. And so there are two ways, two areas that I just want to throw out some things to you to think about today, and those two areas, number one is lifestyle. Is my lifestyle acceptable to me First, is that what's priority to me? Is that what's important to me? That as long as everything's okay for me, then that's fine. Sometimes we can even come to a place where we think, well, you know, the end justifies the means. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm doing okay, but how did you do okay? How did you get there? 
And so we need to take a look at our lifestyle. One of the things that I do is I train leader leaders a lot all over the world, pastors, church leaders, those kinds of things. And there are some things that that we talk to them about. Uh, Matthew 7, 22 and 23, is a, it's a tough scripture. And I'm going to turn there and read it, but most of us know what it says. It, it talks about the fact that Jesus is finishing the Sermon on the Mount. And he said, some of you come and you've cast out devils in my name. You say you've prophesied my name. You say you've done these great works in my name. But he said, I say to you, depart from among me, uh, depart from uh, from my presence because I never knew you. What's the problem there? Good works in themselves are not necessarily acceptable to God. In that case, acceptable means I never knew you. Interesting thing, and I don't want to take a lot of time with this, but that idea, he doesn't say, you never knew me. He said, I never knew you. And that word knew in the Greek Old Testament is the same word where it says Adam knew his wife. You see, God wants to know us in the sense of uh, not, not sexuality, but intimacy. God wants to know us intimately, but he won't force himself on us. Hallelujah. We need to let him know us. We need to let Jesus in in order to have a life that we're living acceptably to God. Uh, number two, uh, another scripture, Matthew 6, the father knows that we have need of things. So he says, in order to get them, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. That word righteousness there has a particular meaning in context, and that is to do the right things the right way. God wants us to live the right way. And uh, there are some others. You can look them up. Uh, Revelations 2, 1 through 8. It's the Ephesians church, and they did great things. They had great works, but he says, I got one thing against you. You've lost your first love. In other words, they were doing good things, but they weren't doing them from the right way or the right motivation. And 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3, we spoke with tongues. We did all these great things, gave our body to be burned. But he said, if you don't have love, it's worthless. Why? Because it's the wrong way. We're doing it from the wrong. It's not acceptable to God, you see, if we're not doing it in the right way. So one of the some of the things that we teach people about leading acceptably, and let me just throw them out to you. It says number one, we must uh, lead according or walk according to the nature that's revealed in His Word. What does God say? You know, there's a lot of times we talk about I can do whatever God says I can do. But I like to turn that around a bit. We also have to not do what God says we should not do. Why? Because he's a mean old man up there looking down at us and saying, well, if you don't do it right, I'm going to I'm gonna lay it on. No, not at all. Because he knows better than us. Because he's smarter than you are. Say this with me. God is smarter than I am. Just practice that every now and then. It'll help you out. So we need to live according to the principles in his word. We talk about things and developing number two, we need to develop integrity. We need to develop, integrity is what you do when nobody's looking. Hallelujah. Keep that in mind. What will I do when I can get away with it? That's my integrity level. Uh, We need to develop character. Character is the underlying quality of our life, the decisions we make, how I'm going to act, how I'm not going to act. They're they're built into us. We need to build and develop character, uh, a predictable way of living that will be in accordance to what's acceptable to God. You can uh, go back and and play that back if it's too fast for you. Uh, We must uh, also be completely honest. Uh, 
When I'm in other countries in particular, honesty is relative to a lot of cultures. Uh, I don't have time to go into why, but part of it has to do with ancestor worship, and part of it has to do with the fact that whoever's in power is right, and whoever's not in power is not right. Well, that's not Bible. And so honesty can be a little adjustable. Well, for us, it's not supposed to be, but it is. How many of us have done things in ways that we knew were not quite, not quite honest? We need to get that out of our lives because honesty is absolutely what's acceptable to God. Dishonesty is never acceptable to God. We must love the people God gives us influence over and seek their good above our good. Now, I'm talking to leaders, but I'm, you know we all lead somebody. Wherever you are at work, God has put people in, in your uh, sphere of influence so that you can lead them to Jesus, not lead them in the sense of, being the boss at work, but lead them in, uh, uh, in, in coming to know God, to lead them in the right kind of living. You're leading somebody, and so you need to seek other people's goods. We like to think of this religiously, and it's a little hard when we're out there in the world, but the thing is, if we seek others' goods, God seeks our good. Okay, if we do what's right for others, if we're living a life motivated to to help others, God is right there helping us. We we he is anyway, but it's just re- doing the one releases the other in a greater degree of 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 surety. Uh, we must choose the will of God and the good of others above our own success, above our own needs. Now, that's related, but I think it's important for us to understand that. There was a period of time in Moses' life where God said to him, I'm not going to go into the promised land with you because I'll destroy these people. We find out, I think it's in, in Exodus uh, 32 or 33, you can read it, and you find out that, that Moses comes to God one day and says, you haven't told us who's going with us. You said you won't go, but you haven't told us who's going with us. And God knows what Moses is asking. And God says to Moses, all right, all right, I'll go with you. And Moses says something that I think is important to every leader, but it's also important to every Christian. If your presence does not go with us, then we don't want to go either. What did he say? God said, I'll give you the land. I'll give you the success. But but Moses said, without you, without your ways, without doing it uh, in, in a way that's acceptable to you, I don't want the success. I think that has to be my attitude. The other thing that we need to be careful of is money. Money can never become our motivation. God said, I will provide for all your needs. God wants to bless you. God wants to give you good things. You can believe for nice things. It's not wrong to have a bank account. It's not wrong to have some savings. It's not wrong to have insurance, things like that. But we cannot let money be the primary decision maker in our life. Jesus said you cannot serve both God and mammon. Mammon is wealth personified and and, and greed deified. We can't serve those things. We can't be motivated by those things. And so we have to get those in the right place in our heart, in our living, not not just in doing things for God, but in how we live. That's number one with serving God acceptably. Live according to the uh, to the plans, purposes, patterns, principles, and yes, commandments of the things of God. Not commandments from a legal standpoint. Not commandments because God says do this or I'm going to do bad things to you. Commandments from the same standpoint a father gives them. Our father knows more than we do, so he gave us guidelines, not guidelines, but he gave us commandments, directives was the word I was looking for, to tell us how to live a way that will be successful. You see, when those things are working in us, 
then we are far less shakable than when they're not. If we are not living that way before God, then we are in a place of vulnerability. Uh, we, we open doors to the enemy. But when I've made my decision to walk in character, integrity, keep money in its place, love people, love the will of God more than myself, then I am not going to be vulnerable in those areas. And I will be walking more in the unshakable kingdom than ever before. One other thing, I'm going to go uh, by it as quickly as I can here. Uh, I believe that the second thing is that we must seek the will of God in any service above everything else. Now, uh, when, when we talk about service, our daily life is a service to God, isn't it? I need to seek God's will. I need to have that as a primary motivator in my life. Jesus, in entering the Garden of Gethsemane, about to do the, the very thing that God had called him to do, he cries out to God in Matthew, uh, you can find it in a number of places, but 26 verse 39, he says, God, is there any way is there any way that I, I could get out of doing this? Now, that's that's my, uh, my uh, translation of that. Is there any way I can get out of this, God? But then he makes a statement that is revolutionary. And if we'll make that statement and believe it in our hearts, he said, nevertheless, not my will but thine be done. We need to be very careful and not think that easy means it's the will of God. Sometimes... As a matter of fact, more often than not in my life, when things were going bad, that was a good indication I was in the will of God. And uh, as I stayed there, as I worked through that, great things resulted. See, Hebrews 12, uh, that we're studying right now, but we haven't gotten to the beginning, uh, but verses 1 through 4, you find out that Jesus endured the cross, despising the shame because of the joy that was set before him. I guarantee you that if God asks you to go through difficult things, and, and that's the will of God for your life, then there's something greater that's going to manifest down the road. Hallelujah. That's been my experience over 40 plus years of ministry and 67 years of life. I've been through some stuff. God's asked me to do some stuff. And, you know, we go, as I said, we travel overseas and we're not staying in five-star hotels all the time. Let me tell you, you should see some of the facilities we get to use. But I know God asked me to do that. I could rise up and say, well, I'm a child of God. I don't have to be in these kind of things. Sometimes, because I know I need to be rested to do the best for the people, we will get some better accommodations, but not because we're too good to be anywhere or do anything. The most important thing is to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The Apostle Paul, we talked about him being more than a conqueror. You read Ephesians, I mean uh, Romans chapter 8, where that verse is mentioned, and you read the list of stuff he went through. You don't want any of it. You read uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and there's another list of stuff. You don't want any part of it. Read his life in the book of Acts. Not very much went according to plan. He was rich. He was influential. He was part of the ruling class, and yet because of his relationship, relationship to Jesus, God caused him to, or asked him to do some things that were difficult, just like Jesus. He said, not my will, but thine be done. You see, when we are serving God, 2 Corinthians, uh, 2 Timothy, rather, 2 verse 3, Paul says to his son in the faith, you are to be, you must consider yourself a soldier and you must endure hardness. Am I saying Christianity is just one trial after another? It's nothing but hardness? Absolutely not. God promises us healing, deliverance, freedom, victory, 
blessing. All of those things are ours. But my first, my first responsibility, God, what do you want from me? What do you want from my life? You know, I, I, I believe young people, if you're a young person out there and you're praying, you, you have all these, I want to be this and I want to do that. And, and if I do that, I can make a lot of money. If I do that, then I'm going to have influence. Listen, go to God. If you're a Christian young person in particular, and if you're not, you need to get saved. Hallelujah. Uh, but go to God and say, Father, what is your will for my life? Let me tell you something about God. He knows you. He knows how he made you. He knows how you were put together. And he knows the kind of life that will produce the greatest impact in, in that's possible during your time here on earth. And really, in the future, I'm talking about the future future, that's what's really going to be important to us. Not what kind of house we lived in. Not what kind of car we drove. Not what kind of job we had. God wants you to be happy. God wants you to enjoy life, and he'll help you do that. But when you seek first his kingdom, when you seek first his will, what do you want from me? What do you want from me today? I'm in a place in my life where we've been in transition and things have changed. And right now, that's what we're praying. Please pray for us, my wife and I. It's kind of down to the two of us. The kids are off doing their thing. Uh, We're not pastoring the church anymore. Father, what is your will for my life? Somebody said, well, you know, you're 67. You should just retire, sit on the front porch. Listen, I refuse to live a life that doesn't matter. And if that's what God wants for me, that's what I'll do. But I I have a suspicion that God wants me to serve him acceptably in power and effectiveness and in stability right up until the point in time where he takes me home to be with him. And I believe that's what he wants for you too. If we get these things in play, if I'm seeking God's will, if I'm living God's way, then I am going to be part of and walking in that unshakable kingdom that we that we are called to be receiving right now and when people look at me they're not going to see up and down they're not going to see fearful i'm not saying don't do things that are wise but don't be moved by fear they're not going to see instability they're going to see someone who's walking in relationship with Jesus, who's accomplishing the will of God in their life for their time. They're going to see people who are not up and down, who can have cheer, who can be joyful, who can rise above things. It's not easy. I'm not saying I do it every day, but the more these things are at work in my life, when I get these priorities straight, that's when I'm doing it and walking in that unshakable kingdom much better. Well, I'm out of time today. I pray you have a great day in Jesus. God bless you in the mighty name of Jesus. This podcast is an outreach of Living Word International, a division of Intercession Ministries. If you'd like to contact us, please email livingwordintgreen at gmail.com. That's livingwordintgreene at gmail.com. Have a great day.